the takeout loss for good. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Go. It's Wednesday. You know what that means? It's the season finale today. It's the season finale, motherfucker. Top of wrestling. We're here. We're ready to go. Season four. It's in the books. Here we go. It's episode 33. We called it the the finale of Scotty Pippen's number. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. Welcoming you to another. It's gonna be a real random zany show i'm sure it's gonna get weird uh and thanks for listening to us on itunes spotify podbean amazon music pandora youtube facebook twitter and instagram subscribe like share hey look at there's a lot that we're gonna be talking about today we have some very i i'm not used to saying this we have wwe and aew news wow i'm, I'm sorry I, i'm not used to saying wwe um, we have our bring it to the table. We got the Monday Night Wars and our top topic, the rise and falls of the WWE. Now, I can't believe that we started this just pre-pandemic. We're in season four. It's, like I said, in the books and throughout the the time throughout the season throughout the years we have dubbed him Joe Rizzo we have dubbed him the doc today he's Joe cool ladies and gentlemen oh D M talk about it being a zany show I'm gonna open up talking about my vacation yeah yeah, dude, it was great. Uh, aside from Let's my fucking... <laughs> Remember I have kids? Yeah, that didn't happen. 
I'm too poor to afford two separate rooms. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't get two rooms? Never mind. All right, you kids are sleeping you, in the listen, tub I'll tell tonight. You what, I'll tell you what. Next time we go on vacation, I'll, I'll let you know so you can pay for a separate room for us. All right? I appreciate you. Good looking out. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. And I'm not going to go too much into it. I'll talk to you about it probably when we get together for All Out, which will be fun. Uh, but, bro, we went to uh, we actually went to Enchanted Forest Water Safari. Where the fun never stops. <laughs> For those of Sorry, you who don't know, it is, it's in the Adirondacks. Very, you know, very famous. Very famous. Uh, oh, I love and, that song. And it was great. It, you know, we, every, again, family had a blast. So I'm sitting. Wait, true story. True season four fashion of whatever, you know, the top of wrestling fashion. I'm going to cut you off. Hey, <laughs> I had, you know, countless amounts of uh, VHS tapes of wrestling one of my saturday night main event tapes had one of the enchanted forest water safari all the way back from the very very like like late 80s early oh 90s. hell yeah and god i love that song move on <laughs> all right so we kind of <laughs> we kind of camped out next to the wave pool you know formed a little beachhead you know that way everybody could go do their thing somebody just kind of kept guard worked out nice Got to just sit in the sun for a little bit. Had a couple of pina coladas. Fucking delicious. I see this guy. Dude, one thing about water parks specifically. I mean, you probably see them at amusement parks, but especially water parks. A lot of bad ink. A lot of bad ink. Oh, yeah. You know, it is terrible. And I saw this one guy. Had a bunch of tribal tattoos and stuff. And right on his chest, he had a knife pointing to his throat. It was just like Brock Lesnar, right? You know, he's got the big, you know, it's a, but it was about a third of the size and the design looked like he got it from clip art. This motherfucker came out the wave pool looking like broke Lesnar. <laughs> right now I'm picturing someone using like a Tonka toys tractor truck to drive around. <laughs> It was fucking terrible. I almost, I didn't, there were so many people around me, I didn't want to take out my phone and try to take a picture. And then my next thought was, oh, what yeah, if I go up I, to him I, and be like, and the next one I was like, what if I go up to him and be like, bro, sick tattoo, sounds weird, I need to get a pic of it. But I was like, no, I'm not putting that effort in. <laughs> I said, I'll just tell the story. Dude, it was awful. No, 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 you got to go, not only do I got to get a picture with you, can I get a selfie with you? <laughs> All right. Hey, oh, man, that would have been good. some news. Yeah. Uh, hey, guess what? ODM, I officially did my job. All right. Sometimes you think I don't pull through. <laughs> Lil John, winner of our season four 100th episode giveaway, officially received the Top of Wrestling shirt. The second version, if you will. Fuck Which you, medium. Discussion Day Hermanos. But if you let me ask you, I sent you a picture of it. You like the new shirt? <laughs> it looks nice. It's badass. As you'd like to say, it's boobies. Oh, titties, <laughs> whatever you say. All right. Tits. <laughs> Look, before we get into really what's been going on over the last uh, week here, it looks like I've kind of added a lot to the news today. So I'm going to kind of elaborate as to where I'm going with some of the stuff here, ODM. I know you're a little behind, but you're also doing a little bit of research, if you will. I think uh, if you can look something up, but 
Do you remember when the G1 Climax got started? Four mm-hmm. brackets, four sets of uh, wrestlers. And I said, I feel Tama Tonga is going to take it this year. Well, as we record right now, a little later on tonight, which is technically Tuesday already in Japan. Yeah. Um, it is officially Jay White versus Tama Tonga, and it is the final night of the singles matches before they head into the semifinals and the finals, which is later this week. Jay White undefeated in the G1. Right now, Jay White has 10 points. Tonga has 8. If Tonga is to pin Jay White tied at 10, he would have the win heading into the semifinals because he beat the other guy. You know what I mean? When it comes to the mm-hmm. tiebreaker. Yep. Just the other night after Tomatonga won his match, he was jumped by Jay White and the entire Bullet Club crew. Did I not say that Tonga was probably going to at least win his division, but most likely win the tournament and then move on to hopefully face Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom. I think we're heading there, my man. So far, so good. It'd be cool. I just... I'm just saying, pay attention. Go on. Go, what were you saying? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't know, man. It, it's one of those things that I'd like to see. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But, uh, yeah, man, I hope you're right. I've been following the G1. I've been following the post-match promos. Oh, it's, God, I would love for them to pull the trigger on Tamatanga. He has stayed true to that company for years. Yeah, and the guy staple. speaks straight English. I don't even know if he speaks <laughs> right. any form of Japanese. Well, yeah. One, now, speaking of Japanese and Japanese wrestlers, if you've enjoyed your time with Kanasuki Takashita, uh, God, how do you say? You know Takashima. what is funny? Because I was watching the other night and they said it. And then they said it again on uh, uh, Cornette's show. And I tried to make a mental note of how to say it. And I don't remember. Same. So, fucking chicken nuggets. Yeah, but fucking I. Kanosuke is actually heading back to Japan for now. He's done on the AEW and indie circuits that he's been doing. Because he's, he's done a couple other shows when i say indie kind of your uh gcw he's actually done i think a match over there at one point so things like that but let's talk about moments of the week for me all right i was pretty happy you we all know I'm i'm a mark for cm punk cm punk makes his return on wednesday night however that's the same day as our show drops Our show, we keep talking about it. We're like, every time we record, something happens. Can we talk about the entrance, the setup, and the execution of Dexter Loomis? 
Oh, were you waiting for that me means to jump speak. in? There? I said, can we talk? Like, fuck it. I don't know. Answer the question. Do something. Jesus. That was Fucking a question. Solid broadcast journalism over here, Monty. Jeez. All right. Fly ball caught. Hey, no, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to come back because there are certain things, right? Uh, Carrying Cross. They did what they did to Carrying Cross. Now he's back. I can I can buy that, right? With Dexter Loomis, they did the whole love story, and it just took me out. And he was so specific. It was such a gimmick that to have it go the other way just it's. So I, I'm I'm curious. A lot I, of that I, that love story I would I would attribute to Vince because I feel like Triple H really wasn't as hands on at that time. No, he wasn't. Yeah. No, absolutely. But that's not the point. The point is that for me, it's hard to come back from that more so for him than it was for Karrion Cross. I'm interested because he definitely just seemed like unhinged, like I'm in the crowd motherfucker and they had to drag his ass off. So let's see where it goes. I'm willing to forget the past. I'd love to forget the past with him. So yeah, let's see where it goes. I'm interested to see where it goes. And I'm interested to see if the fiend's going to come back because those are the rumblings lately. So Let's see. Those two together could be something. Dude, if that would be fantastic. Call my shot um, on that one. The <laughs> Hit Row showed up on SmackDown. Eh. Okay, fine. You brought him back. It's a, it's a pop. It's a hit. It's something decent. Um, It's new. Yeah. I'm looking for new on their show. So I'm okay with it. While I'm not a fan of the crew and everybody all together necessarily like something I would follow I'll give it attention the funniest thing that killed me is on Tuesday you go motherfucker I think I'm gonna have to watch Raw <laughs> right and on Saturday I text they go motherfucker I think I'm gonna have to watch Smackdown right Nakamura in fuck how yeah, you I wanna Nakamura watch it. and Gunther had a 20 to 30 minute battle um, I ended up watching it real late uh, in the weekend. And great match. I, I For at least WWE standards over the last couple of years for TV-wise, I think they did a great job, especially pushing the Intercontinental Championship. I, I, I also don't watch SmackDown on the regular, but I also saw they said this is our classic SmackDown moment of the week, and they were showing the Arnold Schwarzenegger moment back from SmackDown in 99, but... I can appreciate that. I like it because, I mean, SmackDown's mm. paid its dues as well. What was, uh, how was it? I'm, I'm assuming Gunther retained. Gunther retained. A yeah. lot of great near fall moments where Nakamura looked like he had it and or kicked out at the right time to make the match extended. It was, I, also... I, I, I appreciated the work from both guys. While I don't appreciate what they've done with Nakamura and or Walter yeah. slash Gunther over the last couple of years, I can appreciate a match. I can look at the match and go, well, that was that was way better than what WWE has produced. I, heard I was it. expecting, like, every match I've seen right now is probably the equivalent of Melina versus Lisa Fox oh, pretty Jesus much Christ. before this. <laughs> I heard it was uh, almost like a true uh, strong style match. Yeah. Which between those it, it, two, it, it, I mean, you'd expect. Totally. So we have that. Um, and of course, as I said, CM Punk made his return, likely facing John Moxley at All Out. 
now. They have officially given out the brackets for the trios tournament. I'm going to give you some credit there, ODM. You yourself said House of Black, Death Triangle. Um, I think, uh, oh, Best uh, Friends. No, uh, Best Friends and Bucks and hopefully Kenny Omega. You've called almost the entire half of the brackets. Yeah. And here how here's how it's running down right now. Right now we have, we'll call it side A and side B. It was the best way I could set this up for talking. Death Triangle. So Pac and the Lucha Brothers are going to be taking on Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. I don't give a shit who wins. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I, yeah, happy right? about the match. Yeah, 100%. Um, you and I are going to make our predictions going through, I feel like. Because this is going to cap off at All Out, and I'm sorry to disappoint you kiddies. We're not going to be around during All Out weekend. Cause well, we'll be around. Finale. Well, no, yeah, now physically. <laughs> but not presently on your or in your ears. So... Death Triangle versus Osprey and Open. Or, I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah Osprey and Aussie enough. Open. The winner of that match will take on Roosh, Andrade, El Idolo, and Dragon Lee, taking on the Young Bucks and some question marks. We did see this past week that Adam Page, they kind of extended the offer to him and he said nope I'm good he's going to be teaming with the Dark Order eh, wrong idea Bradley. Uh obviously I think we know what this is building towards so I can sure. only assume because tonight is the match that tonight we get a returning Kenny Omega mm-hmm. That's it, yeah. how I mean, much do you want to bet what if they did this they announce last minute, week before, whatever, that Kenny Omega is their tag partner, and the Bucks take on each team two versus three just to wait for his big reaction all the way to all out. Okay. I feel like that's something as stupid as they would do because that's how fucked things have been lately. That's why I'm throwing it out as an idea because I wanted you to hear it first. Yeah, no, I, I could totally see that. I, I don't. In theory, with the right team, I could see that being reasonable. One, I don't like it because it's why. So then, why aren't other tag teams doing that? If it's you know what I mean. Um, totally. But two, but two, more importantly, it's the Bucks, and I don't want them to be over like that. But they would put themselves over like that, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened. Okay, so Death Triangle, Osprey, Aussie Open. Bucks, and then the Los Ingobernables de well, Mexico. It's, it's different. Mexico. It's different now. El Faccion Ingobernables. That's the, that's their new name. Actually, no, wait. That actually was their... Oh, okay. And I, AAA? I feel like that was their name. Yeah. So, who's moving on for each team? I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how we're moving forward. Um, I'll say right here... Osprey and Aussie Open are moving on. I think Pac winning the championship 
for the what I already lost the name of that title because it's uh, North Atlantic, down. North American, North, North, North Atlantic. Atlantic. Jesus, oh, <laughs> all right. I think Osprey and Aussie Open move on. Uh, uh, yeah, I disagree. Uh, I think it's going to be a death triangle simply because the Bucks are going to win. And why wouldn't everybody want to see Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers again? Because we've seen it before. And yeah, but you're being reasonable. Aussie Open and Osprey versus the Bucks and most likely Kenny Omega. But you're would being be reasonable. Probably one of the sickest. <laughs> no, I'm being smart. Well, let's and not take it too smart. far. All right. <clears throat> Side B. House of Black. So we got. Alistair Black. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, that was wow. I swear that's the first time I've done that. I know. Uh, uh, don't worry. I've done Malachi that a Black, times. Brody King, and Buddy Murphy, and they'll be taking on the Dark Order. I would have to say probably Hangman, Johnny Silver, uh, Preston Vance. It would probably be Preston, Johnny Hungy, and Page. Or right. Alex Reynolds. Nah, you got to put Johnny Hungy in. Okay. So, House of Black. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Um, Then you got Best Friends versus the Thrustbusters. <laughs> Gross Fuck that enough. name. <laughs> Stupid name. Even why? For no reason whatsoever. You already have... The former Harlan, which is what? Uh, no, not Harlan. Wait, Harlan, no. yeah. Parker, yeah. Parker, Parker Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Yeah. Yep. Teaming with Ari Davari and whoever else. And now you add in Sonny Kiss randomly. Because in AEW, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, best yeah, friends yeah. are going to lose this match. Uh, so, I it's going to be oh, house. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get you, the fuck out of here. Wait a minute. There is no way that Parker Bordeaux or whatever his name is going to come in to wait lose the best friends. Wait a minute. So, you think House of Black is going to take on Trustbusters? Yes. Nope. I think House of Black is going to take on best friends. House of Black will win. It'll be Bucks and probably Omega versus House of Black. Bucks and Omega will win. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. Okay. End of the story. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say Bucks and Omega win the titles? Yep. All right. Well, that's where I'm at, too. All right. Let's move <laughs> on, man. What else we got going? Oh, I, I did read this. So this past weekend, we had uh, GCW had a two-night banger, if you will. And after John Moxley retained in a very... I don't know if you want to call it a controversial match against Effie. Did you see some of the videos or pictures that are out there? Mm, no. They, Moxley willing just, you know, kissed Effie. Oh, I did. Where Effie's hands down his pants. I mean, look it. It's fucking GCW. People are like, and this is your AEW interim champion, everybody. I'm like, okay, but he went to the promotion and did their style. Mm-hmm. You'd be mad if he was in a WWE ring and then went to an ECW ring and then just did fucking submission moves. So I'm okay with whatever Moxley's doing. Minus the fact that how much he bleeds in every goddamn match. But 
Moxley is set to take on Nick Gage in a title because, well, Moxley is your GCW champion. Set to take on Nick Gage in a title versus career match. Date to be set. Mm. Kind of looking forward to that. Believe it or not, I, I I think it'll be kind of something interesting to watch. Yeah, good for you. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Dynamite this past week, man. So we had Quake by the Lake with a rake, for God's sake. And here's some of the matches that ran down here. We got Darby defeated Brody King in the coffin match. Jay Cargill retained against Madison Rain. Roosh and Andrade defeated the Lucha Brothers. Bro. Awesome moment where they tied mm-hmm. Pentagon's face, or I'm um, face, his, his uh, mask to the rope. And in order to save the match, the goddamn un- the dude unmasked himself yep. to make, to the, make save. the save. Yep. And they still lost. Dude, it was a really good match. I know we talk awesome shit. Match. I know we talk shit about lucha matches a lot and you know, getting tired of them and this and that. This was a fucking this was an exciting good match. No, 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 no. I am absolutely okay with a lucha mask. Uh, a lucha match if you tell me it is a lucha match. Mhm. If you say it is a two-on-two tag team title match, and even the ref goes, I don't know who the fuck is supposed to be in the ring right now, then that's an issue. And this is the one that they called a tornado match. So everything was clear from the get-go. You knew what you were getting, and there was no fancy. It was, you know, you can either call a lucha mask match or a tornado match. And that's what you did. And that's what we got. And it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Well... A match I had a feeling I wasn't going to enjoy, but I had the slightest, I want to tell you something, I had the slightest bit of doubt or just thought in my head that what if Chris Jericho pulls off the victory Mm. and we get punk Jericho Moxley? I had that thought. And then not only does Moxley retain, I was dead on that Punk was at least going to be returning. And I'm still not convinced that Jericho's out of the picture. I got to say that to you. I think you're going to do some weird, stupid thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm with you. But it was really great to see Moxley just flip off Punk. I think it all out in Chicago. I think we're going to get a banger of a match. I think it's going to be a good match. If I had to put money on it, Moxley's going to bleed. <clears throat> so on Rampage. <laughs> Good call. Put that one in the uh, keep track of column. <laughs> Did you happen to see that Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia are going to be facing off in a two out of three falls match tonight? I didn't, and I wish I could forget about it now that you told me. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> no, That's going to be a classic. <laughs> what are you, Tiger today? No. It's not no, Halloween, no, motherfucker. No. We're just talking about how fucking Garcia is just getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. So, no, I think it'll be all right. I, I, you know, I think it'll be Would good. you rather the dinosaur get pushed? Would you rather no. Dan Housen be your next world champion? Would no. you? Ra- Thank you. All right. <laughs> so, let me ask you a question. So, if no. you get married to Sammy Guevara, if your name no. was originally Ty Conti, now your name is Ty Mello? Uh, that actually is her name. She's got like eight different names. So, yeah, a whore like that, 
You should have some aliases. All Jesus right. Well, yeah, they won. Don, Dante Martin in Sky Blue. Parker Bordeaux defeated Sunny Kiss, but wait, that'll There's more. sound you know different in a minute. The Gun Club defeated Beardhausen because if you tag team with Danhausen, and yo, you could be ODMhausen. That's how Pass. it would work out. Because Eric Redbeard was his tag team partner, and Beardhausen lost to the Gun Club. Glad that match happened. And in the main event, Orange Cassidy defeated Ari Davari. And Sonny Kiss decided to come out and join the Thrustbusters. Thrustbusters. Kiss my ass. You know it's a really good name. <laughs> um, all right. We've already talked about what's happening on AEW Dynamite tonight. We do have the Bucks and their question marks of Omega. Let's talk on the off chance it's not Omega. Just for a minute. Any last minute ideas? Ooh. Well, we already talked about Paige, so I mean, I don't think it, you know, we'll, we'll take him out of the mix. He's too but busy playing is... soccer with Chu with the uh, butterfly. Chu with the butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. I think whoever. Well, see, they're trying to turn themselves baby face, so it would have to be somebody that would that the fans would pop for. Um, hmm. No, I got nothing, man. I really think it's playing. It's a slam dunk. It's Omega. Can I you know? throw out a random idea? Yeah. This B? is based off of you last week. Oh. You said Triple H said. We're open for business. Right. Triple H left for a little while. Triple H is back. What if it was Styles or Baylor? I'm just asking if it's a... All right, look at Out of 100%, it would be a point zero zero one out of 100. But any possibility, or do you think it's just straight Omega? I'm only it, talking about past uh, Bullet Club people. Yeah, no, 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 no. I no, I picked up on that. No, I think it's Omega. I think right now Balor's doing the Judgment Day thing, so I don't think they would, you know, send him over. AJ's just doing a fucking random feud with the Miz, so they could certainly kick him over. The problem is, is are they going to let him win? AJ Styles isn't a guy that I'd say. All right, yeah, go over to AWA, AEW, participate in this uh, tournament and lose, and then come back. No. So, and definitely the only, well, they're not going to lose, but the only reason I'm throwing this out there is, you know, I've been, we've been paying attention to how Jerry Lawler and Rick Rude in 97 are going back and forth with ECW and WWE. Mm. Why can't WWE develop that mindset again? Now, we've already talked about this. Today's top topic is the rise and falls of WWE. Is it squashing competition is a good thing or a bad thing? We're going to get into that. And is it better to embrace some of the competition? I'm just saying, could you imagine? I'm Man, I'd, I'd lose my goddamn shit if anybody from WWE. Yo, if you sent over right now fucking Madcap Moss, I would be like, <laughs> this is All awesome. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's not go too far. My thing is, it's just I don't see them sending a, a AJ over and having him win the trios. 
and I'm not seeing them sending him over and losing. I don't see either one they of those They did put happening. the Impact title on Royal Rumble TV. He beat Joe they Lewis They put the ass. Knockouts champion. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? All right, let's go to bring it to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my God! A man wants to be called Muhammad Ali... And then we should goddamn respect his name. All right, let's move on. Uh, all right, man, what are you bringing to the table this week? Because I got a little dandy for you. Yeah, I heard. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just titled mine the WWE narrative, and it's kind of related to the one I did previously about perspective. A lot, you know, specifically to do with the Monday Night Wars. Um, you know, rewatching the Monday Night Wars, as I've already said a million times, is great because you get that perspective. You get to see how things really happen. And it's so funny having watched the Monday Night War documentaries that WWE has put out and a lot of their other pay-per-views on the history of, uh, you know, certain superstars or rivals. I hate that I say superstars. Wrestlers. But, man, they really kayfabe. You really like sports entertainment. Yeah, I know, right? They really do kayfabe the shit out of their own history. It is amazing. The whole Austin thing. Yeah, and the next night there were uh, Austin 316 signs everywhere. No, we counted it. It was about a month before you saw the first one. And then, yeah, it ramped up, definitely. And then there's the whole die, Rocky, die thing. No, that's no, no, nobody really booed him. They just didn't give a shit. And then Rocky cut the promo saying, die, Rocky, die. So you're literally just kayfabing your documentary. There was like one sign ever. I think, because they did show the picture of it, and it was probably a plant a week or two after he joined the yeah. nation, and someone did it again. But you're right, man. There is a, it's it's crazy the amount that they've showed us versus not showed us, and I'm like, wow, these are some mega moments that we're seeing in 100 percent, man. It, it, it's you're spot on. Yeah, just to see it happening and being able to look back at the documentaries and call it out. Uh, pretty interesting. Well, let me tell you something, Joe Cool. Uh, way to not hide your feelings this week when it comes to your hidden or not your, uh, your bring it to the table, but you know, I have a hidden track for you this week. You know, speaking of hiding something, do you guys know that we do the hidden track? I'm sure by last season, if you paid attention to our finale last week, we had the movie comp. As well as the hidden track. Comp. That was fun. While we've been talking, I've uploaded the sound to the Google Drive. Okay, babe. Here we go. Do you got it pulled up? I got it pulled up. Oh, my God. Look at man. Some things I'm proud of. Some things I'm not. This one right here, <laughs> I've listened to several times giggling, and I couldn't wait to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the hidden track comp of season four in three, two, one, go. Why is mine not playing? <laughs> Did you not get yours right? And mine's not playing. What the fuck's going on? Oh, I wonder if it's. Yeah, I might have to download it. Yeah, 
it's bombing. Oh my god, what am I working with a bunch of fucking amateurs here today? Hey man, you did something with the formatting. That's the problem. Formatting? <laughs> Format this! MP3, double click, play. My hey, 87 year old grandmother can do this shit. Hey now. Do you want to pull a kid in there to help you out? What, you get a new comfy chair? You don't know how to use your goddamn uh, computer? Listen, asshole. I'm just trying to say a bunch of shit to... to Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Okay, you ready? Try again? Yo, bro, the questions are you ready? Wait, hang on, wait. I'm not. Go fuck yourself on three. There's two. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you look so good. All right, here we go, man. Let's go. And we're going to listen to the cop in three, two, one, play. <laughs> good wrestling day to you. It is Wednesday. Oh, fuck, I messed that up. Hey, <laughs> keep this up. I'm going to grab another smoke. Fuck, go fuck yourself, dude. I have one issue. Why didn't you moon us earlier? It's an anecdote, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny <laughs> shit that happened to you while you were in the bathroom. Oh, my God. You know what? I used to like Todd Pettengill. Now, fuck him. The man who <laughs> ooges, oozes. Oh, I got to try that again. I can't say ooges. Let me start over. Ooges. He was such a bad motherfucker. He oozed. That was always after. All right. I'm gonna... <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry Ahmed I have Prozac Never meant to take so much at once Now I lay here dead upon the couch Okay, now you went too far And you know what? The, The whole match, the doll just had a shocked look on its face My transitions this week, this smooth like butter was that an actual transition? Oh, no, we're taking a break. That was just me saying that to you. 30 motherfucking years. Like a phoenix. You didn't have to be interacting with people. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, like talking into a microphone for like two hours. Yeah, you know, things like that. Like that, like that specifier. Did I tell you that uh, uh, Vinny at the concert got uh, some chicken nuggets offered to him? I say, yeah, I took a plate and I ate them. What do you think? Fuck it, I'm clapping. Three, two, one. Doc's Log. Podcast episode 18. If you're listening, hell! That was the third. You had Louis Anderson, Meatloaf, and the Buffalo Bills uh, season. That's, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> and we'll clap in three, two, one. That was a weak clap. Yeah, I got to set the blunt down to be listening. File that one under bloodshit, <laughs> too. That's what I was thinking, Jitterbug. That's what I had in my head. Close, but but I know what you off. mean now when you said freeze frame. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Donations! I thought this was a track! <laughs> saying he's fat. Alright, alright. I mean, <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. What the fuck is wrong with you? I've dealt it with enough incompetence today. Well, we were in Amsterdam and we got prostitutes and we said we were too scared so we brought them to the fair. I'm disabled. <laughs> Holy shit, that is, that's my favorite episode. Why do you think that towel's standing up on its own like a teepee? Why is that? When you said I'm a little behind, I go, I don't know, I think it's actually a pretty good size. <laughs> Working on the dad jokes, I see. This is bad, man. I wanted a jacuzzi when I was a kid, I had a fart in a tub. 
Maybe it's true Joe has a one-track mind, but it's hard to concentrate with a brain that's like mine. Uh, she looked me right in the eye and go, you're a lazy twat. First words that came right out of my mouth. Twat flew right out of my mouth, no problem. It was so natural. You lose. I lost family and friends and blah, blah, blah. You were doing it wrong. <laughs> it takes a glass pipe and a little bit of butter, man, and a lighter. I don't know what the fuck you were doing with your life. Then I want, again, then I want to do the Kevin Spacey thing. I want to do a thing where, well, what if I throw in a lawsuit where you guys didn't promise to you know, stay here? <laughs> Especially Greg's wife. Look, man, sometimes I just throw them in the air and hope that the, the pan catches it. And if it doesn't, it sticks to the wall. I don't. Do you try to catch it in the pan and see if it sticks to the wall? <laughs> yup, yup. <laughs> I've just been throwing the whole fucking pan at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, what you do to your hair? Just let <laughs> your soul glow. And Jenna Jameson is there. <laughs> Titties and STDs for days. Woo! Do I know songs in my head? Sure. My name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs <laughs> want to feel my breast. <laughs> <laughs> Two-bit operation we were running here. I say what happened. Somebody crashed their cow into a telephone pole. <laughs> I expect yeah. you to. It was funny after you left. Xavier and Vinny look at me, and they go, "Daddy smelled like it at the garage." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I can't wait. Yo, the way you're laughing, Jesus. <laughs> Get it close. I got to see it. First and foremost, it's at his house, so I don't want to go. For Tiger's birthday, it's a costume party. It was pretty big. It sure, sure was. was. <laughs> All right, that went too far. Um, I'd say let's edit it out, but it'll just end up making it into the hidden track, so fuck it. Might oh, as well whatever, just keep it yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm not gonna lie. I had a great time doing that. I it it it's it's like a trip down memory lane each oh, time I get that. to do these comps. You know, I mean, because like it's 33, so that's 30 33 straight weeks, right? And it's like a lot of shit happened, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that really did happen during this. Oh wow, that's crazy. And and it's funny because I even brought it up because I. Had, kind of put the final touches on it when I saw a little John and Gabe Miss shirt and I go did you listen to the hidden tracks he goes every week I go the one where uh man they smell like the garage yeah yeah I remember that oh, oh, that's in there <laughs> uh, that was good shit we did that in was a year shit. son <laughs> look man honestly I can't believe Four is in the books. We did it. We'll have to discuss. What is it next season? You leave us with five words. I think Listen, I, I kind of like it. I, we, we can actually discuss it right now. I was thinking we should not do seasons anymore or make season five the never-ending season. And just take our breaks when we normally take them, and it's just keep going. Okay. We I can, can throw get down with that. Throw can... a comp in every... 25, 30 episodes. Just kind of recap. Okay. A week or two and then jump back. Okay. All right. All right. Kind of like WWE with Raw. They got wibbled in that pops in every now and then. We'll talk amongst <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, you know, let's do it right now. Hey, man. So what's your schedule looking like? <laughs> All right. Let's go to the wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah!
following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. We have to just have a little horn. John Michaels, uh, Mr. Michaels, why are you so upset? Why am I so upset? Because you and the rest of the World Wrestling Federation are still giving me the shaft. Everybody knows that what happened at SummerSlam is a job I had to do. And up to this point, everything I've done has been a mistake. And you people are painting me into a corner, and when you paint me into a corner, all the mistakes stop. I got news for you. you know, I'm getting so sick and tired of this. You are throwing me to the lions. I'm not supposed to be with The Undertaker until Ground Zero. You got me out there with him, Mankind, Hunter Hoos Helmsley. He's, he's not my tag team partner. I don't have tag team partners. You, Caesar, are throwing this young Catholic boy to the lions once again. You always do that, and you and the whole World Wrestling Federation is going to pay. You paint me into a corner, you're going to get what is coming to you. Believe me when I tell you. Even... At whatever age she is at at this exact moment, is Shawn Michaels even close to a young Catholic boy? <laughs> Welcome to the Monday Night Wars. All right. Look at last week, J.J. Dillon offered six. This week, surprise, motherfucker didn't offer Stang. All right, man, break down the wars. Stang, what happened? Dang, he ain't offer shit. <laughs> Be quite honest with you. <clears throat> All right, uh, we'll start off with Raw. It's in Atlantic City. They kept showing, like, old-timey photos and video of Atlantic City when it was started. Big surprise that uh, one of Vince's best buddies has some uh, business investments in Atlantic City, especially around that time. So I uh, wonder uh, what the payout there was. We start off with Vince in the ring with Rick Rude. Fucking hilarious because he's in a suit. He's not in his gimmick, but they're still playing the old music. And I'm sorry, that music with him not doing the gimmick was just weird. <laughs> it's like, you're killing the boner, buddy. You're coming out in a full-blown suit. The music is not supposed to make but, me feel that way. But the best part is, is that he still does the regular intro. The sweat hogs, cut the music, yep. the, the, the whole thing. Uh, we get a Vlad sighting early. Vlad's here at Raw. Always cool to see. Uh, and it's funny, man. They must know. Like, he must have really been in with everybody because, you know, from the first time that you see Vlad, you see him constantly throughout the show. So it was just mm -hmm. cool to see. Uh, yeah. So uh, he talks about uh, he's not an insurance insurance policy. He's an insurance salesman. Sounds like a Jay-Z line. It's the worst fucking interview ever. Go I'm ahead. Not, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man um and it's funny because he says this he's doing all this shtick about insurance policies and this is one of the guys that had the lloyds of london insurance so once he got injured he was <laughs> <laughs> okay hang on never did i even put that together that just made that fucking awesome because he makes so many ridiculous 
ridiculous, like, kind of like, he does the, like a good neighbor, <laughs> Rick Rude will be there. Um, Like, it, it, you think of any <laughs> fucking insurance quote in 97, and he spits it off. This was almost as bad as when the governor, a couple of weeks ago at SummerSlam, was like, we're going to put... A body slam down on taxes, a leg drop across the community <laughs> hate, and we're going to kick the balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just really fucking weird. And whoever wrote that promo wrote Rudes, because this was stupid. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though. You think with all that money you got from the Lloyds of London policy, he'd be able to afford a better fitting suit. Bro, it looks like he just went to at least allow him to turn his neck a little more. Bro, it just went. Jesus Christ. You think, you know, it looked like he just took a suit off the rack at Burlington and didn't even have it tailored. And he just put it on. I was like, yeah, this fits good enough. (laughs) By the way, I can't find. Let me ask you, lady. How long (laughs) you been working here? Three months. Does a guy with my mustache look like he should be wearing this suit? You sweat hog. Yep. Before we move on, I can't find the picture of the uh, Nightwing with the hooker that looks like Charlotte Flair. So we'll just have to go with that. Uh, next <laughs> week. <laughs> He's off camera. I can't even see him. <laughs> you fucking broke me. You fucking broke me. All right, let's... Someone was wearing some beer goggles. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Please fucking move on. Please, if I get the image out of it. Hopefully, the hooker doesn't have a big a dick as Charlotte. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. All right. I quit for the next couple minutes. Fuck it. I'm out. I can't do this shit. I'm out. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> it's always the Monday Night Wars where it all goes downhill. <laughs> oh my Yo, god! Yo, if Spotify <laughs> would only allow us to have the name as big a dick as Charlotte's, that would be the name of this episode. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Owen and Bull. What the fuck does this have to do with the wars? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Oh, oh, China's he... coming up soon. All right. Oh, yeah, there you go. I knew there was a relate somewhere. We got a pre-tape from... And a young Catholic life. boy. It's a, it's a promo on LOD. Now we see Sergeant Slaughter arguing backstage with John Michaels. We get Owen and Bulldog versus LOD. I care so I could care less about this. The Godwins interfere. They hit uh, somebody over the head with the slot bucket. Owen gets the pin. Turns into a brawl. It's three of the four teams that are going to be in the four-way t- uh, fate, uh, The tag... Fatal four-way match at round zero. We get a tease on the upcoming. Which I got a question about. Do you? Does that match even happen? I swear to God, I only remember one match out of ground zero. Two altogether. Bret Hart and Patriot and Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Right. I do not know if this match happens considering everything with Austin and his neck. So just 
throwing that out there. I, I don't remember a four-way match happening. but Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we're going to cover it. Well, we won't know because we're going to be on fucking break. Well, we'll talk about it when we get back. That's fine. Uh, we get Owen and Bulldog versus LOD. Yeah, like I said, it. So, yeah, there was that. Now, we get a tease on the Austin interview that's coming up later in the show. Uh, they show a clip of him mocking the hotel room that they uh, put him in. And uh, later on, we're going to get Taker and Mankind versus HBK and Triple H. And we see Shawn Michaels backstage. He's pissed off. And he says, every, Vince and everybody else is giving him the shaft. And he's basically playing off not wanting to tag with Triple H. He's not a, he's, that's not Wait, a but that is the exact moment that he says he's a young Catholic boy who keeps getting the shaft. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird promo. That being said, oh, he, he said that on purpose. Fuck over. Oh, that I was yeah, He yeah, just he glossed over the fact that Undertaker and Mankind are tagging tonight. These guys have been enemies since we've started this uh, Monday Night Wars, and now they are tagging tonight against Shawn Michaels and Hunter. And it's funny because Shawn goes, why would I have to tag with Hunter? He's not my partner. I don't have a partner. Right. Yeah. Love the, it. The reason I glossed over it was because it doesn't really go anywhere. That you know of. Uh, well, at least in the show. Don't you remember the, the tag team champions of Mantaker? Yes. Only in my dreams. We get- Underkind. <laughs> Ooh. Under man. <laughs> We're done. We're done here. We're done here. Sonny comes out as the guest ring announcer. Talk about under man. We get flat <laughs> funks. Under, we- <laughs> over, a lot either, of eggs. Either or. Price is right. Flash funk. Flash funk's music plays, but Brian Christopher comes out, and Sonny's like, well, I guess not. Because <laughs> she was about to introduce Flash. So they end up playing Christopher's music. Uh, they both cut promos on each other. Basically, Brian Christopher's thing is he's in a light heavyweight division or lightweight division. He wants to take on a heavyweight. Uh, Lawler at one point says, Brian, get in there and slap the funk out of him. And Lawler just drives home. He wants him to use the pile driver. No high-flying shit. Hit him with a pile driver. And goes, oh, you mean like the way that Owen used it on Austin? The fuck is wrong with Jeez, you? Jeez, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Lawler leaves commentary, tells Brian, hey, get off the top rope and use the pile driver. Flash uses it as an advantage to knock Brian off, crotches him, 450, gets the win. We get Lawler and Brian Christopher arguing post-match. <clears throat> Next we get Sultan versus Shamrock. Slaughter. Yo, he's it- still here. I know, right? I thought Salton was gone. Yeah, he disappeared. We haven't seen him in a while. Uh, we see Slaughter backstage again. This time he's having a words with Triple H in China. Uh, Sheik gets on the apron. Shamrock actually slams him. What the fuck is Sheik doing taking a bump right now? Uh, and Shamrock actually fucking hit a Hurricane Rana, and it looked pretty fucking good, especially on Sultan. Granted, he, you know, probably first of many. Work. Yeah. Uh, and rolls into the ankle lock for the win. Next, we get Vince starting to segue to the Austin interview, and the Nation music hits. They had the commentary. They demand JR gets in the ring for an interview. Now we're getting Rocky Sucks chance, which is expe- you know expected after his turn last week. Um, but it's funny, again, going back to that whole narrative, leading up to this, we didn't hear it once. We always hear about the Die, Rocky, Die narrative, but that's you know, not what happened. Uh, the uh, boos uh, were there, but uh, not uh, the chance. Yeah, exactly. Uh Line of the night from Farouk 
Uh, you know, Ahmed's a white man trapped in a black man's body. You couldn't be white if they sandblasted you 20 times. <laughs> Jesus. Like, that is really just dark. And, and well, I you... mean, no fucking pun intended, man. That's fucking really, like, that was deep. That was wrong. It was... I... That's what you took away from the promo? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, then Rocky gets the mic, and it's great because it's so fucking It's his first heel promo! Yeah, first heel promo. And, man, there was no no ramp-up. It was, you're you're the Rock now. It it was flawless. It was flawless. It was great. Flawless. Thank you for saying that. Not one botch. Not one wrong pause, word, this, that. I mean, he nailed that promo to shit on the fans, to shit on the fans, and saying, you pieces of crap. Oh, my God. Yo, he hit it hard. Like you said, just, the transition was quick. Mm-hmm. He's yep. not calling himself The Rock. He, no, he's, no, he's, he's Rocky. Rocky. He's, he's not Rocky. doing third person. Yep. But still, fantastic. Way to come out. Yep. He says three words. Die, Rocky, die. That's the gratitude I get from you pieces of crap. I mean, yeah, dude, it's fucking great. Uh, DOA comes on the Tron, says, hey, you know, hey, meet us in the parking lot There's no where there's no commissioner to save you. Nation, head to the back. We get a brief pre-tape of Dustin. <laughs> what, what are you laughing about? Uh, the outcome of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We get a quick pre-tape of Dustin, Marlena, and Dakota on the beach. Hooray, family time. Hang on. Speaking of that, I swear, earlier today, I didn't think I'd actually remember this for the show. I didn't think it would need to be said for the show, but it was just really funny. Do you know the, uh, man, I think it was considered the curtain call, and Dustin will put you in the corner, put both your legs up, and kick you. Uh, Cold yeah. Dust would do that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It may not have been the curtain call. It was another no, name. Oh, um, yeah, I forget what it was. Uh, Shattered Dreams. Maybe in the curtain. Shattered Dreams. Thank you. Someone put a post up in one of the random like wrestling things that I follow, and just today just said, yo, was Dustin straight up kicking people in the dick as a finishing move? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it just made me laugh, and I was like, yeah. It was. (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) Excellent move. I may use it from now on at the bars. Right? All right. (laughs) Let's move on. Just use it for anybody requesting Dave Matthews Band. Oh, my God. Excellent. Excellent (laughs) choice. Come here, sir. I'd like you to sing this with me. Bing. (laughs) Backstage interview with Triple H. uh, Promo. Uh, he doesn't want basically the opposite of Shawn Michaels. I don't want to tag with Shawn Michaels. He does crime. He does the crime, and I do the time. And they cut to DOA in the parking lot brawling with the nation. And then Los Pariquas come out and steal the motorcycles. Thanks, Vince, for making all Puerto Ricans seem like thieves. We lie. We cheat. We steal. <laughs> I, I don't know why, I laughed at it. And it's like, yeah, while they're all fighting, we're gonna take your motorcycles. Loved it. Absolutely. Next, we get Jesse James. I'm Brian sorry, Hodges. I didn't Still find I, I didn't find it as serious a moment 
as you did. No, I thought I it was comical. Either. It was yeah, it, it it was what it was. Jesse James or Brian Pillman, who's still in a dress. They do the spot where he pulls up the dress. Ha 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 ha. Goldust and Marlena come to the <laughs> ring. <and laughs> you like that? Yeah, it was Gold, like, excellent. <laughs> Goldust now is just straight up. Who's Goldust? My bad. I'm dumb. Go ahead. Goldust interferes. He starts beating down Jesse James, causing Pillman to lose by DQ. So it's another weekend address. Ugh. Michael Cole meets up with Goldust on the top of the ramp. What's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to see him one more week. Pillman says, you know, you think this is a big joke? Probably want to get rid of me for good, wouldn't you? So one more match, you beat me, I'll leave WWF forever. Uh, I'm sure that's not what they expected. but And if Pillman wins, he gets Marlena as a personal assistant for 30 days. Best part about this is... We always well, I, I at the very least I say Michael Cole is like a product of the Vince McMahon school of announcing, right? But at this time, he's nothing more than a Todd Pettengill knockoff. Oh my god, even worse. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, it like a ten percent of what it is, maybe even less, and doesn't know what to do with this whole moment <laughs> because. You're 100% right because Goldust is like, never. That'll never happen. That, that'll that never happen. And then there's so much commotion going on that Terry accepts it like six times. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's because Cole didn't grab the mic and be like, wait, what was it? What you mean? She's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Dustin's like, you're not fucking doing it arguing with Pillman. It was it was a really shitty setup segment. But, it was. But. But what I we got to talk about this. We're gonna get into this. We 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 talked about this, and we're gonna get into the uh, at the end of the show today as to when we will be back, basically a month from today. But we're gonna be coming back just a touch after Ground Zero. We may not touch as much on this entire moment of it. But had Pillman not died. I want to know where this whole this entire angle was going, because spoiler alert: he wins and does get services of Terry. She is dressed head to toe in fucking black with black makeup, looking like a goth whore. Where was the angle going? I'm just always curious of that. Thanks, spoiler. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. Did you not fucking know that Brian Pillman Sr. died? I did like the guy that says this match is from my dad every week. I'm I'm kidding. I I do like Pillman uh, tells Dustin, uh, you know, Dakota's my love child. (laughs) Oh, my God. That got him going. Yo, that was the. Then that's what got Terry pissed. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I keep calling her Terry. Marlena, Terry. Whatever. Yeah, we got you. Terlina. You're spoiling everything else. You might as well spoil the name, too. That's fine. Kayfabe killer. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Joe Cool. <laughs> hey, Nightwing, did you see the latest story on kayfabenews.com? <laughs> Please look at the link you're sending us. <laughs> uh, <coughs> well, in an hour or two, we get Vader versus the Patriot. Brett's on the ramp. 
and Brett and the Patriot have a flag wave off. Just allows Vader to jump the Patriot to kickstart the match. There was a spot where Patriot gets his knees up to block a Vader bomb, and Vader took the pump so terribly he whiffed it. He didn't even make contact, and he kind of just fell backwards. Uh, Patriot's finishing move is apparently very similar to the Coloss that uh, Jinder Mahal uses. That's pretty fucking ironic, don't you think? Bret yep. Hart heads to the ring, uh, lays the flag over Patriot, and Vader just jumps on him and beats the shit out of him. Uh, but uh, da, 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 the Hart Foundation come out, and uh, there's just a big brawl. Owen and Bulldog basically make the save. So uh, one cool spot where Vader doesn't basically like, you know, he's a heel, but fuck you, you filthy fucking Canadian. Takes the flagpole, snaps it in half. Pretty cool moment. And the fans started cheering Vader for doing it. Nothing like cheap foreign heel heat. Especially Canadian. Filthy fucking Canadian. <laughs> you filthy fucking Canuck. All okay. Right. All so right. Onward and upward. Onwards and downwards. We get a recap of Austin getting his heat driven into the mat. Uh, that's the segue to the interview. They're in Austin's hotel room in Philly. He's going to be seeing a specialist there. <clears throat> Tells JR, start asking questions or I'll throw your ass out the window. Nobody called me when I got hurt. Put me in a room with all fruit and all this trash here. You want an apple? You want a pear? You want an orange? Take all this crap. <laughs> uh, JR wants to ask him about SummerSlam, his temporary paralysis, what the docs have told him, and what he perceives his future is. He says, well, I'm the Intercontinental Champion. That's that. Uh, yeah, I watched that video 40 times, but I'm looking past the injury. Owen has hell to pay. I'm pissed off. You know what they say? It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. They were bleeping pissed for some reason. Apparently, you couldn't say that on TV. Uh, doctor told me maybe I should do something else. Well, Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't do anything else. At one point, JR must have wiped his nose because you don't see JR. You kind of just see maybe the side or the brim of the head or whatever. And he goes, don't wipe your nose. It pisses me off. And he pauses. He goes, don't smile either because you know JR was fucking losing it. <laughs> Like that's the shit. That All right, I so like. <laughs> one of the things I love about Austin is that he's always said his character is him, amped up. Mm-hmm. So he is that guy that's gonna fuck with you. If me and you were sitting around talking, um, and and that same kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, I need to do this, and you wipe your nose. Don't fucking wipe your nose. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it's him having fun, but at the same point as an asshole amped up it got you really interested this interview is way more uh and i really mean this as a very true word not a cliche word it was more captivating than i thought it was going to be i thought it was just about his neck but it showed the badass he is still at the same mm-hmm. moment i loved it no oh, it was great <laughs> he starts talking about, he's like, yeah, four tag teams or some kind of shit like that, right? <laughs> he doesn't even know what kind of match he's going to be in. And then he closes it by saying, to, asking JR, you got anything else you want to say? Then get the hell out. <laughs> it was it was good. It was so really is it between this week and next week that we find out he can't wrestle? Because, again, I don't think this four-way happens at ground zero. Yeah, they can probably just make it a three-way and just, you know, they have to forfeit. Or dude loves Aren't we without himself. Raw next week? Uh, next two weeks. Next two weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, fucked up. Man, maybe they fucking canceled Raw and it was like, we got to wait for Austin to get back. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, guys, we have no other plans. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, we have our B story of USA versus Canada and our C story of Shamrock having mental disorders, but fuck <laughs> it. If we're damned that Austin's not around. Well, I will tell you one thing. Maybe Ken Shamrock was suffering from head injuries, and we know they're no laughing matter. And it is even more especially true. Callback. <laughs> Episode callback. <laughs> Hell yes. And it's especially Your true. Your name is our... Mervin? <laughs> it's especially true in our main event. Triple H, John Michaels versus Undertaker and Mankind, under man. Uh, <laughs> Shawn <Shawn> Michaels. (laughs) Under man? Why was that team? All right, I'm sorry. Great. All right, under man versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels, please. (laughs) Shawn Michaels thinks he's Kevin Nash because he's got the fucking bandana on. Thug life, baby. Oh, my God. It pissed me the fuck off. As soon as he came out wearing it and I was like, okay, Nash. (laughs) yep 100 percent uh there's a spot where uh sean wasn't in the match he was on the apron taker's leaning over the rope he goes to super kick him and completely whiffed and i love jr in commentary when you get these whiffs like this he just goes hey i didn't get all of it (laughs) you know but yeah at least call it out don't try to fucking gloss by it man as we're Uh, like you motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) goddamn pain kills pal uh, Shawn Michaels gets on the floor at one point. He's motioning to the back, tells somebody to come out. Obviously, it's Rick Rude. Um, Rude goes to hit Taker with a chair, but Taker turns around, goes after him, ends up choke slamming, chases him into the ring, ends up choke slamming Triple H, and Shawn Michaels fucking obliterates Undertaker's head with a chair. Obliterates. So here's so here's what happens. Okay, it's a DQ, obviously. Hits him with the chair. You immediately see it's mangled. You see Taker's head. He's obviously bleeding profusely. He goes to do the sit-up spot, which I love because he is. We've been talking about this. He's still the badass. You can't even with that headshot. You can't put him down. He must have been so concussed though, because when he went to sit up, he literally started shaking side to side and had to re fucking do it. It was fucking. I don't know if that was the quote unquote acting of it or what you just said. It could be either or. Nah. Because it looked so goddamn real that it could have been one or the other, to be honest with you. Well, um, yeah, yeah, when we're talking about this chair shot, it dented the balls out of the chair. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. like triangle form. I did watch, though, where Taker did, uh, did Blade. He did uh, do a little bit of a blade. As soon as he took that chair shot, I watched his hands go right to his head and and do the blade. So I gotta say, I so I'm gonna go ahead and say that I don't think he was as concussed. I think he was playing the part. Yeah, fair enough. Still no laughing matter. He took another one after well, that's that. Sorry, right. my look at my name is like birth given mark but you're just one all right move on 
boom, roasted. How late did you stay up cracking that gem out? Honestly, I have it in like eight <laughs> post-its across the, the house you got right here slam- in case I had to look got- one way to the other. You got it on your slam list on your phone? I tattooed it on my hand like Darby Allen, motherfucker. <laughs> Darby. You're a mark. <laughs> no. Do Only I look like a bitch? <laughs> Sorry. Your boss makes you do your dirty laundry? Yeah. Sounds like a shit job. Funny, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> We're going to be cool like Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell that bitch to chill! <laughs> <laughs> Say, bitch, be cool. Jules, it's fine. I'm a fucking shooter. Jules, be cool. All right. All right. We, we really went off track here. Did we finish Raw? Jesus. We no. finished Raw. All right. Let's get into the match. All right. Here we go. Nitro, Birmingham, Alabama. Opens up with a Raven promo. Best one yet. Very solid. Loved it. Good way to open Before the, show. the Nitro open song. Yep. Like, yep. even before the streets, the, the fireworks, all that shit. You see, Raven opened. Wow. That that should tell you something. Hells yes. Uh, We open up with Harlem Heat versus Buffin stuff. (laughs) Fucking Mike Tanay shows his nerdiness once again. Says, you know, Zabisco's on commentary because, you know, I haven't heard from Zabisco about Bischoff saying he would plant a foot right between your eyes. (laughs) Like, Tanay's trying to call out Zabisco. The tone in his voice, like, I was having a hard time putting it in the notes. Like, how do I say it? What would you say about Bischoff saying he would plant a foot right between your eyes? Sounded like Ray Romano. Was he supposed to say ass, wanted to say, and, like, realized he shouldn't, said I, and was like, I. It's just the way it sounded. I don't know. (laughs) And then I rewind rewind this. Today's not doing his best work, all right? Not at this time. Today's good shit. Zabisco said something in response. <clears throat> I turned on closed captions. I went Meh. back and listened to it about five times. I don't get what the fuck. This is all that I got. Bischoff couldn't hit a ball in a fan with a bag of rice. No bullshit. You got what I heard. I don't get it. I no, no, no. I didn't say I got it. I'm saying like you. Same thing. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know what it means either. Okay, moving on. Uh, Vincent. You know what I mean? It's probably as close to me saying, well, I hope I throw the spaghetti against the wall and just happen to fall into a pan. (laughs) So, look at it. Not everything we all say is going to work every time, man. It's how you use it. It's a conviction, man. If you're like, and I'm going to throw that motherfucker until it forms into a thing, pour sauce on itself in the pan, and eats. Never mind. All right, let's move on. Been Been hanging out with this guy too long. Next we get Barbarian versus Mortis. Hang with Ooges. Uh, bar- <laughs> Ooges. So bad. Ooges. <laughs> Barbarian gets the win over Mortis. Wrath runs in and hits the Coloss also. <laughs> A.K.A. the death penalty. Man, everybody using Jinder's move. Uh, Mang runs in, hits the Tongan death grip on Wrath. Mortis attacks Mang, but he doesn't let go. And uh, Zabisco calling it out. I love it. He goes, he's hitting him in the head. That's not going to hurt. <laughs> that never gets called out. They're like they, they no, usually like they really don't half like they'll be like well like if you give them a headbutt they're like 
Well, very little effect on him. But, he, but he <laughs> calling right out, don't punch him in the fucking head, man. That's stupid. Yep. Waste First, of time. For me, at least, to see. <laughs> Bischoff comes out. He invites the entire crowd to his party this Thursday on TBS, the Clash of the Champions. He says, you know what? Because they're my champions. Uh, we hear the crowd chanting Larry Zabisco's name. And he says, you know, he can't get within 50 feet of me. Calls out J.J. Dillon and wants his own show. Says he wants to be on broadcast again. And then he leaves. They were obviously looking to kill time. Not the first time in this show either. Oh, no, no, no. No. Next we get Gene on the ramp with Flair and Kurt Hennig. Uh, they cut a promo on Conan and Six, who they're going to be facing at Fall Brawl. And they're still playing on the whole Hennig. Flair says Hennig's a horseman. Hennig says, I haven't decided yet. Next we well, get. I think they're fighting a clash. Not Fall Brawl. I think it's Clash. Clash. Okay, my bad. See, I, yep. I mean, we've been doing this so long. I'm looking at the damn schedule. I can't keep shit straight. We do get our Nitro debut for Stevie Richards. Takes on Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs no more, no longer has the American Males music. Thank God. Uh, yep, he's going to be facing Raven at Clash of Champions. See, if I just would have read my notes ahead, I would have found out. Uh, we get a Stevie kick out of nowhere for the win. Looked good. It was in the corner. I liked it. Uh, now, after when you that, say he is going to be facing Stevie Richards. Stevie is Richards is facing, facing Raven. Raven. My apologies. Yes, yes. Thank you for clarifying. No, yes. but that's. The only reason I clarify that is because <laughs> who cares if Scotty Riggs is taking go, on Raven? <laughs> right, but, but to me, I was more like, really, okay. But spoiler alert: Scotty Riggs eventually joins Raven's flock. So even better, that's his first. the The first two guys having that match, Riggs eventually joins too. So just the continuity, I kind of dig it. There you go. No, absolutely. They're bound to hit one every once in a while. Uh, right as Stevie gets the pin, Raven just runs in and hits a DDT and bounces. Nice looking DDT too. Crowd popped. Oh, big time, big time. Uh, and I love how Raven no sells it all. You know, he really definitely no, had definitely had that atypical. I know. How do you not be like? That's for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we can't all be fucking Steve Austin and give the middle finger. You know, it would be cool, but then it wouldn't mean anything. Uh. Talking about what the fuck is going on, we get Gene on the ramp with Jeff Jarrett, Eddie, and Deborah. Alex Wright crashes it, says he's ready to join Deborah's team. Gene says, smells like you've been eating sour broughton. Okay. Uh, Deborah says no because he doesn't have a title. Uh, and, well, yeah, I don't know what happened here. Words were spoken. It was a very nothing segment, as you said. A couple of those coming on, so here we go, mm-hmm. two for two. Keep going. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Mongo and Benoit. At least we get to see Eddie and Benoit wrestle. So there's that. Uh, we get our first NWA NWO birthday vignette. Them oh, yeah. singing happy birthday to their own anniversary. So there's that. Fantastic. <laughs> These vignettes were chef's kiss. Let's move it on. They were something. Uh, Benoit gets the pin after Mongo uses the U.S. title on Jeff Jarrett. We head into hour two. We get a recap of the offer to Sting to have a match with Six. We know how that one went. Uh, apparently, they had to kill more time because the Outsiders came out and basically just hyped up NWO for about three minutes, and that was about it. 
Yep, and I'm a little bit disappointed you keep this. You keep just glossing over the end of the uh, Nitro Girls, but whatever. <laughs> we know there's a smattering of titties now, so I mean, I didn't feel like I needed to call it out every time. Smattering of titties. <laughs> Can this be the name of our episode? <laughs> smattering. <of> t- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get that response, but uh, <laughs> you've died like eight times during the wars. This is going to be longer than when we have a pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they kill time. Next, we get a rematch between Six and Flair. NWO interferes. Hennig comes out and makes the save. Not much to speak of. Next, we get Gene. He's on the ramp with J.J. Dillon and Nick Patrick. Uh, talk has been uh, about his call at Road Wild. J.J. backs up Nick Patrick's decision. That was in the tag team match uh, where they pulled uh, Nash pulled him out uh, while he was doing the, pen, the count. Uh, he says, you know, you, J.J. Dillon, you and the team have been reviewing this for a week. I think that was a waste of time. He calls out Randy Anderson again. Randy comes out, and Dillon tells Gene the interview is over. Yeah, so we're teasing the Nick Patrick, Randy Anderson thing again. LaParca and Ultimate Dragon fought. Who do you think won and retained? That's what I thought. Next, Kurt Henning versus... you got to remember who the champ is. Ultimate Dragon Ultimo retains. Dragon. There you go. Kurt Hennig versus the Giant. My first note for this was, I'm interested to see how this is booked, but I'm sure I'll be disappointed. Any wagers on that one? Uh, Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say you won money. (laughs) I'm betting myself. Yes, I did. Uh, Giant goes for the choke slam and Bischoff runs out. He's got a copy of the restraining order in his hand. He calls Dillinger and security out says, I want him arrested. Dillinger calls bullshit, basically saying that's not how this works. You're, you're, breaking the law you're coming out here within 50 feet if he breaks the law we'll have him arrested so the giant leaves the ring starts heading towards bischoff who starts heading backwards but zabisco's waiting on the other side uh giant gets counted out yeah i was disappointed same next we get gene in the ring with jj Dillon. maybe the offer is conan this time or k-dog and Dylan says, "Yeah, I don't have a contract with me tonight. Our patience is wearing thin. It's time for him to. It's time for Sting to bridge communication gap between us. He needs to tell us what he wants. And if he can't, he may get boxed in, and we might have to go our separate ways. Uh, bought Sting some time between now and Thursday on Clash of the Champions to tell me what he wants. And Sting comes through the crowd. Uh, Dylan says, "I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what he wants." Sting grabs Dylan by the collar. This well, was then a you're baller deaf, move, dude. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it was a baller move by Sting because, it, as silly as this is, he grabs him by the collar and just points to a sign that says Hulk versus Sting. Or no, it says, "Hey, JJ, Sting wants Hogan." Everybody's chanting. He grabs a sign from the floor that says Hulk versus Sting, shows it to Dylan, and then naturally, you know, the logical conclusion of this, you know, interaction is to go to break and not revisit it at all. And never mention it again. <laughs> Forget this ever happened. 
Uh, we get part two of our NWO birthday party. They have a crudely picture, drawn picture of J.J. Dillon on a whiteboard, and they all have cans of that silly string, uh, as you would see in the movie Big. And they basically do the same thing that they do in Big. They pretend they're vomiting on Dillon with it, blowing snot out their nose. Uh, Macho Man does the fucking Three Stooges slash Homer Simpson dance on the floor. Fucking awesome. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was fantastic watching Macho do that. I was like, that's 10 seconds of him going, like, not going, where's Liz? It was just something new. It was one of those moments he realized he had all that Slim Jim money, and it doesn't matter what the fuck he does now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to spin around this floor because I'm a rich motherfucker. Ooh, yeah. I should have never gave you motherfuckers money. Uh, we head to our main event. It's DDP and Luger versus the Outsiders for the tag titles. It is your typical heel face tag match. Luger is the hot tag. NWO interferes. It's a DQ. Tanay asks, where's WCW? Heenan's like, yeah, where the fuck are you guys? Come on out here. Flair and Giant come out. Shivani says, it's the WCW versus the NWO. Good night, folks. Oof. Got to give the edge to Raw on this one. Wait. Hang on, wait. So they ended the show WCW versus Nitro? Is that what I said? I like that they're progressing their storylines. Is that what I said? <laughs> no, no. I, I said it wrong. I'm sorry. WCW oh, Okay. I didn't know where you are going with that. No, that's yeah, me. I know. That's well, me I mean, hey, man, give them credit. It's fresh. It's something they haven't done in, what, a year and a half? Well, you know what's funny is that sometimes <laughs> when you regurgitate your same shit over and over and over people don't like it and guess what that becomes the perfect segue into the rise and falls of wwe ladies and gentlemen it's now time for This week's top topic. You know something, Mean Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. The Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Today's top topic for our season finale is 
just as I said, it is the rise and falls, plural, of WWE. We've seen some some great you know moments where they've risen up and they are the company who they are, but they've fallen. They've come back up a couple of times, but there are some moments where have been in question that it's is it the end of WWE did any of you question that just about three months ago maybe two months ago especially before even before the Vince scandal you know we've we've had the talk of how long will WWE even last well today we're going to take a look back at the 70-ish year history of what WWE is, what they have become. And let's start at the very beginning and, and, you know, find... We're going to kind of nitpick. What I would love, ODM, you want to do me a favor? What's that? I, I want you to maybe keep track. How many low points have we had in WWE? How many low points? Yeah, and not right now. I'm saying, like, every time we come upon a spot where we're like, yeah, this is not a good time in, in their history, we'll maybe chalk one up for the, the bag column. How many? Uh... I'm not asking you to choose it. I'm asking you to tally it for me as we're going along. Ah. What do you want me to do now? What are we even talking about? What is that fucking top topic? <laughs> Get this shit out of your fucking ears. <laughs> <laughs> tally away. I don't tally what? I don't even know what the fuck's going on anymore. <laughs> all right. First, all right. What I'm trying to get at is that for every downfall, all right, there's a rise that's going to happen after, right? It, we're just going to see how many low points they've had. Okay. Even though this is the top of wrestling podcast. Today this is a low point top topic. But all right, let's go all the way back in 1953 to 1963. How many of you were aware that in January of 53, Capital Wrestling Corporation was produced? That is what WWE technically is today. It rebranded itself, you know, after its 10 years of history, having guys like Buddy Rogers in there. Uh, they ended up going over to the WWF mode. So you have the World Wide Wrestling Federation. And that was formed in 63. And the champion, your initial WWF champion. Did I do too many W's? I don't even fucking know. I feel like... I, you ever listen to Vince? He's like, the WWE. He's like, the WWE. He always yeah. just throws one in. And... I feel like I just did four or five. I'm not even sure how many W's I just did. But Buddy Rogers was your initial champion, um, but lost the championship to Bruno San Martino. Uh, actually, after Rogers was hurt, still works a match hurt, but drops it in under a minute, and we go under the San Martino era, which lasted seven years, eight months, and one day. Basically, the entire WWF era. And then we would move into what is the WWF era, what we all grew up on, at least personally, the people who are listening to this show, um, which, you know, you have 
this is when Vince Jr., which we all know is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, takes over from Vince Sr. And now we start getting into the territorial days where now not only will we have some of them come to a close, but Vince Jr. starts purchasing some of them and gulping up some of the talent. I stop you here, ODM. Is that a fall? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I would say uh, I, I would say it's a rise because it certainly gave them more eyes nationwide. They didn't rely on local crowds like the territories did. Uh, you know, they, they, they still got TV, you know, the local territories, but nothing like Vince McMahon could provide. I would say it's more of a fall when it comes to ethics or principle or, you know, it's a matter of principalities. There's principalities involved. I would call it a fall mm-hmm. for that reason. Not because of the product. I think the product was on the rise at this point. Um, and if I may be so bold, I, I would say that the rise went all the way for pretty much to right up to the new generation era. The, that golden era of, of Hogan, of, you know, even Orndorff and, and Macho and DiBiase, all, even Bret Hart. All these people from the different territories. You were, you were seeing them all get pulled in because okay. when you look at that golden era and you spread those people out, it covers the map, right? And now they're all in A place. very thin stretch as to where I'm going with this, or I'm sorry, where you were just going with this, but maybe I can kind of piggyback off it. Mm-hmm. Kind of what we see AEW being, right? It's your all elite. It was your best of Ring of Honor, your best of all the indies, best of all the guys coming to one place. So, in a way, that's kind of what Vince was forming in WWF. Again, like maybe a 10% of what you were saying. Right, right. You know, but I yeah. get where you were going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, at you have a lot of ups in that time. You know, especially when you're transitioning into the WWF era. You have Hulkamania officially running wild, what, in 83? Three. Is when he beats Iron Sheik for the title. 85, we get our very first... Super Bowl of WWE, right? We get the WrestleMania kickoff, the very first one ever, which who you've already mentioned, Piper on Orndorff versus Hogan and Mr. T. Mm-hmm. You have a spectacle of people there. You got Cindy Lauper. You got uh, Muhammad Ali. You have Aretha Franklin. Mr. T, obviously. You know, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, and, and uh, the. Yankees guy too, um, Billy Martin. Billy Martin, yep. Just, just so many people throughout uh, WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? And, and making it a big uh, caliber sport. Even though Vince has already stated, even by this time, they are sports entertainment. Now. You had said, I think they carry that run all the way through in, into the new generation. Now, new generation to me is 93, probably the same as you. Just about, right? yeah, right up to the Attitude Era, yeah. Would you, all right, first, I want to get your take on something. I want to go to a very controversial first year topic that we've never brought up before 
people have actually been split about it. You went 83 into 87. Hogan is your top guy. WrestleMania 3. Should Hogan have won or should Andre have won? I mean... Why I bring this up? This was a turning point for some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Including, actually, a very good friend of mine, Brother Marty. That was the turning point for him. He's Uh like, it was just, that's where you fucking knew. Come on. You just, it it was like, not only you just knew like with the kayfabe or whatever, but it's like, it's just never going to get better. Shit. Even after that, Hogan held that title, even passing it to Savage for a a, a year yeah. to get back for a couple more times. So, yeah. the warrior. is that best for business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Business. I, I don't think back then I would have known, and I think it was the right call for the time. I mean, I think that's what was best for business back then. Was it best for okay. us? Not necessarily. But you I was a kid at the time. Probably so. wasn't. Sure, sure, 100%. Hey, look at I was pro Hogan versus Warrior at WrestleMania 6. You know, I told you, my family divided. Six people in a room, three versus three. Much like everybody's household, much like every room, everybody was divided at that time. So I get it. You know, I was a Hogan fan. But do you know what really put a stop to things? Steroid trials. Yep. To me, probably one of the biggest first major downfalls or lows that the WWE has hit at this point. Vince under investigation says, all right, well, I'm going to put this uh, wrap around my neck for no apparent reason. And then I'm going to go to the steroid trials. Can anybody explain to me why that he wore the, the neck brace? Can't help you. Nope. All right. Never understood it, but didn't help business because from 92-ish to about, oh, 90s, late 6, 97. Yeah. Business was suffering. Mm-hmm. You, a lot of the guys weren't as juiced. You were dealing with egos in WWE. Yep. Still. Ultimate Warrior at 91 SummerSlam is saying, give me... Was it half a million dollars? It was some ridiculous. Shit like yeah. That. So to the point where they're like, yeah, there and bye. Do this match. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Good for Vince. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we didn't sign anything. Yeah, go ahead. Good idea. Good, 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 good. Come on back out. Hey, by the way, you're fucking fired. <laughs> do me a favor. Get your shit out of here right now. You're paint all of it. Adios. But Hogan leaves for WCW. At this time, too, because, I mean, that is your biggest, biggest name that has ever been drawn to WWF at this point. Oh, yeah. No one has been your biggest draw. And he goes to WCW for less dates. More money. More money. So, you can't fault Hogan. But now, again, we're talking the rise and falls of WWE. New Generation, I think, was a, a, while I personally loved it, 
I was a very big fan of the new generation. You know, seeing Brett, Sean, Razor, uh, all these guys get to shine that didn't get the chance to before. Wasn't getting the ratings and coverage and accolades it deserved because you were working with a 190-pound world heavyweight champion in right. some cases. You know, not 190, but you know what I'm saying. Like, they weren't your biggest guys. Um, but what did help, to be honest with you, you know, with that fall with the new generation, the rise back up, WCW, Nitro. You bring Nitro into the mix, and people are getting into watching Nitro. Your casual fans who used to watch WWF who fell off are starting to watch WCW. All right, well, let me see what you got going here. I remember you guys used to be around. And then you see both, or you see WCW dropping comments about WWF at the time. You see signs in the crowd, Vince fears Bischoff. Oh, wait, all right, what's going on over here on night, uh, on uh, Raw? To the point where if you say some butts are going to be not in some seats <laughs> and that Mankind is going to win the championship, you can kiss your ratings goodbye, WCW. Now everybody's officially gone over to the Attitude Era, the WWF. And, okay, we've talked about this before. Highest, most... Highest grossing time, highest ratings, highest attendance on a consistent basis for WWE. So I would say era-wise, what, 98 to 2001, 2002-ish maybe, you were probably reaching the peak of what I think WWE still has ever been. Would yeah, you agree? And, yeah, and let's be honest, it was all Austin. It was all Austin. Literally, I know, I know. Listen, I know you say that Nitro kind of you put them rock. in the position where they had to do what they had to do, and they did it. And not to take away from anybody else, things and yes, there's the whole butterfly effect thing. Nothing changes more drastically than if Austin wasn't Austin. Austin is what did it. I mean, we're watching it. This motherfucker, they had no plans for him. They called him the ringmaster. They put him with DiBiase. They had nothing for him. And then, boom, he becomes a fucking monster. Highest grossing merch ever. This was the peak. And it's it. It's not just because of Austin, but it's fucking mostly because of Austin. No, I, I, I'm not uh, discounting it at all. I, I think you got... You know, uh, again, as I said, Rock, Triple H, other guys who were in there, Foley, Taker. But you're right. It's it's Austin, at the end of the day, drove the biggest home run hit to WWF at the time. Mm. 2001 to 2007. Now, 2001, you have your invasion angle. Oof. That's something that we've never done. Now, we've all seen, probably have seen, Jim Cornette's rebooking of the invasion angle leading into a WrestleMania 18, I think it was. That's something I think we should do next season together. There you go. 
Because, dear Lord, the WWE fucked that one up. I think 2002, 3, 4, they were on the right track. You were pushing your Guerreros, your Benoits, your RVDs, uh, even your Hardy Boys, Edge Christian. Everybody was getting their right push at the right time. Kurt Angle, Kane. Okay, so can I can I cut you off real quick? I would love you to. I, I want to, to quantify this as, as another lull, another uh, fall. Because okay. the invasion and the fact that such some of the biggest stars in WCW didn't show up because they had guaranteed contracts and didn't have to work, that would between the shitty booking of the invasion, it just it was a lull. Yes, you were starting to come on the upswing and push, you know, the talent that we've been watching and that deserved top tier booking. You eventually got there, but I'm still gonna call that area between attitude and ruthless aggression, that that invasion period in the middle, I'm calling that a fall. Just me personally. And I'm and do you know what didn't help? After you fucking crush your competition, WCW, you buy them out, you buy ECW out, you win them all. You change your goddamn name to WWE. You lost the biggest fight to some panda bears in <laughs> WWF. The World Wildlife Fund took over the WWF naming and acronym. So now we are at the World Wildlife. No, I'm sorry. We are the World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, I put a note in our notes that one of the coolest things that they did was they showed you that WWE went through some ups and downs and still prevailed. Ric Flair became your general manager. And when WWE officially became WWE, it was around this time, that they did what is called the WWE Desire video. And it's Kid Rock's Lonely Road of Faith off his cocky album. Slow Jam, talking about going up and down the Lonely Road of Faith. I, I've prevailed. I've done shit. Who gives a shit? And you see... <laughs> Look at man, do me a favor, put yourself on mute for like thirty more seconds. How and do you do that? You see you see your San Martinos, Hogan's, Hearts, everybody all the way through there. But then you hear where it breaks down, he's like and yeah, I've gone through the valley of darkness, it gets real deep, and you see NWO WCW prevailing and beating the fuck out of WWE, but then they beat their ass in the invasion angle and then go through and, and you you create all these new stars. My point is is that WWE changing their name, like you said, that ruthless aggression angle. Although a decent couple of years was nowhere as good as Attitude. Shit, it, it, I don't think it maybe even been as good as New Generation when you look at it at some points. But to me, that Kid Rock video, the reason I bring it up is I recently saw it. And it's like, it was an omen. Look at man, we're going to fucking fall down again. We're going to get right back up. That's why I call this the rise and falls, right? You have many falls that the, this company has done. And while I think they dangled around from 2004, you got Benoit and Guerrero closing out WrestleMania 20. You create a new star in John Cena at 21. We start doing the right things. 
Chris Benoit murders his wife, kid, kills himself. You know what? Dial it back. No more headshots. We're going PG. Everything's got to change. That is, I think, one of the biggest lulls, falls, that WWE could have ever encountered because they are now the... (laughs) They might as well have been the one that could have fit in the glove for the OJ case, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, you are the reason that he is the way he is. You're allowing him to take these chair shots, take take these falls. Even though not necessarily they're, they're the culprit. I'm saying that they're under the most scrutiny at this point. So they had to dial back on everything that they were doing. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, the end of the ruthless aggression era, basically after Eddie and, and Chris die... Uh, and everything happens it's it's a it's a big it's a big fall and and this is a big stretch where we're it's a lot more falls than rising right um big fall at the end of that ruthless aggression era into the pg era even what they call the reality era uh it was this was the height of sports entertainment right here it was the height i'm gonna say uh, that there was a slight uptick uh, during the new era because this is when you know NXT really started taking shape. It had already been around for five, six years at this point, uh, but this is really when NXT was making big waves, big talent, and even the main roster product had some semblance and had some good shit going on. Um, but then... I think the pandemic era, which isn't really an official era, but the pandemic era was... Might as well be. Yeah, a swift decline. And it's funny because we talked about, you know, 2022? (laughs) Or, you know, know, 2022? Just Google it. Just Google it. That's all you got to say. Right. But, But the thing is, so much shit has happened recently that there is potential for another rise on the horizon. And it's funny because, like you're saying, like we went into the PG era right after the Benoit thing. So we're talking 2007. Have we ever really come out of that lull since in in a full way? I think we've had a couple of ups. You had your punks. You had your uh-huh. uh, Daniel Bryan moments. You had your Shield, Shield moments. Yeah. But we're talking on a global peak. Steve Austin level, you're not there. No. You're not there. You guys have been on the fall. You had a moment However, right, thank you. However, if Vince is truly not pulling the puppet strings in the background and Paul Levesque is in charge, do I see it going back to that highest global point? No, because people don't watch TV that way anymore, and, yeah. and things are just a different change of time. Do I think they could be a rival to AEW? Yeah. You're already getting me intrigued with a couple of things here and there. I actually want to watch Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre clash at the castle. It sounds like a good match to me. So, look at. We talk about your rises, your falls. I have a couple of things listed here, all right? 
I was only able to come up with five genuine big rises. Moments that were like, we're going up to the moon. Here it is. This is the moment. Five. I was able to find ten falls. What does that tell you? Yeah. Right? I'm going to start with your, your biggest rises. Hulkamania. Right? You, you can't get any bigger than that when you want to get started. Number two, you hit the nail on the head. Steve, or Steve Austin. That, the Attitude Era, all in one. Everything just pushing it all is your big rise. Number three, I truly do believe your pipe bomb. That brought some of your indie fans, that brought some of your diehards back. Number four was also... <clears throat> sorry. Number four was buying WCW. I think it's a big moment where people turn to your product to be like, okay, let's see what you got going on here. I don't think 100% capitalized, but I think that it's a big rise for them because it's a huge win at the end of the day. But I think number five was your original draft. Go back to 2002 when they had their first Raw and SmackDown initial draft. And we covered it season two. Your SmackDown 6, right? Mm-hmm. How impactful was that? We already knew it. Triple H, Evolution, all those guys were doing on Raw. SmackDown was killing it with SmackDown 6, Brock Lesnar, and all those guys. So that was a huge rise. I think they had great moments in those era, but in those eras. But then, as we said, you know, Benoit moment, I really think, to me personally, was the biggest kick in the dick that they have never come back from on a mainstream standpoint. Like you said, people are watching TV different. Now they just want to push their own documentaries. They want to push the reality TV. Uh, they got Miz and Mrs. You got the Bella Twins. You know, you got Total Divas. I mean, that's just a few of them. So, yeah, I mean, oh, the, the, the product completely changed. The product completely changed. And it's really never fully rebounded. NXT, I think, is the closest rebound that they've done. There was some good main roster stuff, but again, now, now let's see what happens. We're in the, uh, it's funny to think about it. It's the McMahon, Levesque, Levesque era. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I missed the McMahon Helmsley, but close enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the falls. Now, here's the deal. None of these are in order, obviously, because, you know, sure. as you heard. But number one, the lowest fall, obviously, we already said. Benoit incident. Number two to me, Roman Reigns' push did not help your TV. No. The amount that you pushed him for three fucking years straight is a face. People are like, I'm out. I'm out. You're not listening. We're out. Uh, number three was a steroid trial. Number four WCW and the NWO themselves. The competition was just, even if the TV brand was not as good or the storylines were not as good, it was something that wasn't the same characters of a trash man, a fucking clown, a repo man, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was not good for your television. Your fifth fail or fall, man, just your recent year's ratings. I mean, Jesus, just look at how, I mean, less than a million for like several months 
when it comes to watching. And I think they even take into account your DVR. I really think – I can't hold account if they do or not, but dear right. Lord. Uh, number six, your fails are, are your regurgitated programming, the same shit over and over. How many times do you give us the same match? They're doing Viking Raiders and New Day again. Holy shit. Yep. Oh, my God. Haven't seen it before. Seven was your invasion angle. Didn't help you, like you said. It, it, you didn't have your big stars. Number eight, you had high hopes with a Nexus angle. And then John Cena beat everybody in one minute at SummerSlam. And everybody's like, well, never mind. I saw what you're doing. Ah, you got me. You got me for a fucking moment. Fuck you. I'm out. And no one came back into the pipe bomb. I'm telling you, that's what's even crazier. Uh, number nine for me, 2018. We're here to listen to you fans. Oh All four of those God. motherfuckers stood in the ring and said they were going to listen to us and said we're no longer going to give you Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. And so instead they gave you Seth Rollins versus D Th Dean Ambrose. They just changed the order of who they said first. Fuck me. That one bothered me. And number 10, to be honest with you, the McMahon scandal. The most recent fall is everything that's going on now. We're starting to hear that, eh, yep, there's company money. Oh, wait, oh, you took some money from Trump, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, or or you paid to Gave the, the to Trump. Trump yeah. uh, oh, my God. All the, it's a lot of shit going on. <clears throat> I will throw this out there because in true, you know, professor fashion, there was an honorable mention. Man, your shitty NXT call-ups. I mean, it's not that that's a fall per se, but geez, I mean, it's a fail for sure. How many opportunities did you waste? Everybody shit their pants when Nakamura came to fight Sami Zayn for the first no. time. Bobby Roode, glorious, was being played at Rochester Red Wings goddamn stadium because it was so popular. Yeah. Nope, nope, everything fails. My Bob point is, Roode. You guys had opportunities. Oh, my God, I miss Bob Roode. But you had opportunities, and you, you killed them. Here is your chance right now in the new Levesque. McMahon era as you're like is you're gonna dub it I think that's what we're gonna have to carry it into the next season the Levesque McMahon era as things are changing your take uh there's there's a couple more there's Owen Hart's death that's gotta be one of them and uh, the pandemic yeah. the pandemic pandemic's out of their control it's not anything they did but it was a fall cause they didn't do it right uh, hang on uh, bullshit did AEW fall or fail during the pandemic? Okay. I'll give you they that. They did one. with what they had, and they and they moved on. They had the, even their own wrestlers as fans. But yet we had to listen to... Ready? This is what we listened to on WWE. Body Slam. Yeah. It was bullshit. It was terrible. It sucked. The only thing I will ever remember that was worthy of seeing was Becky Lynch announcing she was pregnant and because there was no mic on Asuka her running around going Becky, Becky, and I'm the champion, oh yeah, Asuka well, there, there was Charlotte, I think I really remember the Charlotte and Rhea and then there was the uh, the fucking uh, Undertaker AJ Styles match 
And the fucking funhouse. Yeah, no, I'm talking about. See, that's that's produced. Okay, fine. You might as well have just brought know. up Edge and Randy Orton, heavily no, produced. I hated that match. You know, I'm talking about just moments on your TV. Sure. Okay. They could have prevented it, and they didn't. I don't blame the pandemic. I blame WWE for not being creative. Well, that's why it's a fall. Boom! Fall! Like my favorite season. All right, well, that was the fall, rise and falls of the WWE. Next season, you're going to want to check back in because shaking things up. Maybe or maybe not. Who knows if... (laughs) We'll have a superhero around with us or not. Who knows? Maybe we'll change up the Monday Night Wars. Maybe we'll have something new like Wednesday Night Wars. Maybe it'd be Monday Night Wars. Who knows? Maybe things will change. But we know that one thing's for sure. We're going to be back in about 30 days. We're going to be back. It'll be the 14th. Is that correct? ODM? Close enough. It's the 14th. Yep, that's the week. <laughs> we be close enough. Motherfucker, that was dead on. Dead on balls accurate. I'm Ooges. I'm Ooges, the professor. I bid you a farewell. Thanks, guys. Honestly, it's been another great season. As you heard, next season is the never-ending season. So this is our final seasoned goodbye for season four. I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. The guy who's about to say goodbye, his name is ODM, and he's going to leave you with four motherfucking words. Motherfucker said orphanage. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Your story that you told about Nick and his hair and you did Soul Glow, <laughs> I'll give you a heads up. That's a part of our uh, hidden track comp, right? Okay. But you said something in there. I did. That the day of, you said it, and I go, oh, man. And when I edit it, I go, God, that sounds really familiar. What is it? Because you did a line and then you sang Soul Glow. <laughs> Baby, what you do to your hair? <laughs> yes. And so then while editing the comp, I go, still, what the fuck is it? And I figured it out. Did you? Ghost. Yep. There you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Baby, what'd you do to your hair? Oh, my God. God damn, I laughed so hard. Once I officially figured it out, I go, oh, my God, it's a ghost line. That's even better. 